Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. News broke over the weekend that U.S. Special Climate Envoy John Kerry is planning to step down from the Biden administration in the coming months. Kerry has served as the president's top climate diplomat since 2020, and he's played a key role in reasserting the U.S. as a climate leader on the global stage. So today, we chat with Politico Zach Coleman about Kerry's climate legacy, what's next for him in the Biden administration, and how he's leaving at a critical moment in U.S. climate efforts. It's Wednesday, January 17th. John Kerry is going to be leaving his post as the special climate envoy for President Joe Biden. He's not, though, going to be leaving public life. He, on Tuesday at the World Economic Forum in Davos, said that he plans to pivot to campaigning for Biden. He wants to translate the administration's accomplishments on climate into a tangible voting issue. It's just something that he wasn't able to do in his government role due to the Hatch Act, which prevents federal employees from actively campaigning. But he sees the future of U.S. climate policy as in many ways contingent on the outcome of this election. And he feels that his voice will be most important on the campaign trail rather than in government during an election year when a lot of things just grind to a halt. Interesting. And you note that Kerry is leaving at a crucial juncture in U.S. climate diplomacy. Why is that the case from a big picture perspective? Well, it's a big case because this is likely going to be a rematch with former President Donald Trump, who, as we might recall, pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Agreement during his first term in office. And he has maligned climate science. He has said he will rip out the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the single largest U.S. climate law ever passed and very crucial to meeting President Biden's goal is to cut emissions 50 to 52 percent below 2005 levels this decade. And even then, we know that's not enough to get to the net zero goals that Biden has and that the world needs to hit to keep temperatures from surpassing 1.5 degrees of warming since the Industrial Revolution. So, you know, this is a major pivot point potentially for U.S. climate policy. It doesn't mean that there will be no climate progress if President Trump is elected over President Biden, because there's a lot of corporate actors that are putting a lot of investments behind green technology. And I don't think that that will reverse, but certainly there are any number of studies that show you need enhanced action from federal policy to hit some of these very lofty climate goals. What would you say Kerry's climate legacy is once he actually leaves the administration? Well, he is very famously someone who helped shepherd the Paris Climate Agreement across the finish line when he was President Obama's Secretary of State. So he's been very involved in climate at some of his most crucial moments in history. He was there at the Rio Summit in 1992. He says this all the time in his speeches. He was there before we started calling these things COPs, the global climate talks that happen every year that are led by the UN. And he you know, has really been a kind of climate conscience for the U.S. At the same time, you know, he has promoted the U.S. interests. I mean, there are a number of ways in which John Kerry is constrained by domestic politics in the U.S. It's very difficult to get 
a lot of public spending for international climate aid through Congress. Republicans have typically opposed that type of funding. So that is often one of the biggest flashpoints in international climate diplomacy. Where is the money? And the U.S. often has not been able to deliver on that. They're getting a little better. The Biden administration has said that in 2023, fiscal 2023, that it will have raised $9.5 billion for international climate aid. That is short of the goal that Biden has for next year to hit $11.4 billion. But you could see them getting there if they could somehow get more money through Congress. But, you know, at the same time, John Kerry has certainly helped mobilize the private sector and has conducted a lot of engagement with CEOs to try to get them on a greener path. And he really has been someone who has reoriented the U.S. leadership on climate change after four years of Trump, where you saw the U.S. retrench and in many ways antagonize the global climate arena. He has now brought the U.S. at least back into that conversation and been a power broker in many ways. Right. And obviously, still early days in reporting. But is there any sense on who might take over for Kerry in his role? And, and what are some of the big ticket items that person might have to tackle? It is indeed very early days. John Kerry still occupies this post right now. He has not yet left it. It's unclear who that person would be. There are new laws governing how a special envoy or any of these sort of czar positions would get appointed. A lot of them now require Senate confirmation. So while John Kerry was very much a respected senator, I mean, he has also been the target of the political right for any number of years. So you think about someone with a similar stature, I mean, it's probably going to be someone who's a bit of a lightning rod for conservatives. And we have a very evenly divided Senate here. So, you know, you have to think about who might that be? What is their role going to be? He has two very competent deputies right now, Sue Binyaz and Rick Duke, who could step into the role, but it's not the same sort of international gravitas that John Kerry has. So it's still early days. It's uncertain how this position will be reformulated or if it will at all. So we'll just have to keep watching. Also, World Bank President Ajay Banga believes the push to help developing countries deal with climate change could survive a second Trump administration. Banga is the former MasterCard CEO who President Joe Biden nominated for the position last year. He acknowledged Tuesday that a change in U.S. leadership would have some impact on global efforts, but also said that broader international momentum would ultimately help the bank's climate agenda. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.